Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nostalgic Mystery Radio. I'm your host, Stevie Kay, and it's my honor to bring you the radio shows of yesteryear. For this episode, I bring you Agatha Christie's Miss Marple, and Murder at the Vicarage. In St. Mary Mead, no one is despised more than Colonel Prothero. Even the local vicar has said that killing him would be doing a service to the townsfolk. So when Prothero is found murdered in the same vicar's study and two different people confess to the crime, it is time for Miss Marple to exercise her detective abilities. This will be a five-part series, so sit back and relax. And I hope you enjoy this Nostalgic Mystery Radio. Thank you for listening. who is really quite a successful novelist, is in the habit of comparing life at St. Mary Mead to the scum on a pond. But as I once pointed out to him, if you were to smear that scum on a slide and examine it under a microscope, you would find it teeming with life of a quite unexpected kind. Take the vicarage, for example. A haven of righteousness and tranquility, you might think. But you would be surprised. We present June Whitfield as Miss Marple and Francis Matthews as the Reverend Leonard Clement in Agatha Christie's Murder at the Vicarage. I can only say that if someone were to murder Colonel Prothero, they'd be doing the world a great service. Do you think that's a fit and proper remark for a member of the cloth to make at the lunch table? Mm. Particularly when he's wielding a carving knife. Here's the greens. It'll be remembered against you, Uncle, when the old boy is found bathed in blood. You'll give evidence, won't you, Mary? And the dumplings. That's it, then. I hope you enjoy it. Hmm. Moist dumplings, half-cooked greens. Can't you teach that woman anything? I do try, but it only makes things worse. (laughs) It's a pity I'm such a rotten housekeeper. Griselda is a good 20 years younger than her poor husband and is quite incapable of taking anything seriously. She treats the parish as a kind of huge joke arranged for her amusement. Think how lucky you are not to be torn to pieces by lions or burnt at the stake. Mm. Bad food and lots of dust and dead wasps is really nothing to make a fuss about. I am not making a fuss. At any rate, the early Christians didn't have to put up with church wardens. What's Colonel Prothero done to upset you this time? Pompous old idiot. No wonder his first wife ran away from him. I don't see what else she could do. Griselda, I will not have you speaking that way. And I doubt if her successor will stand the course. She must be at least 20 years younger than he is. (gasps) mustn't say things like that, Dennis. You know Leonard will take it personally. Sorry. Well, what exactly is the trouble with Prothero? Is it Mr Hawes genuflecting and crossing himself all the time? Uh, Yes, yes. I really must have a word with Hawes. I am accustomed to having teething troubles with new curates, but that man... No, no, no. It's all to do with Mrs Price Ridley's wretched pound note. Oh, that woman is a troublesome old busybody. Well, the Sunday before last, she says she'd put a pound note into the offertory box. Mm. It was uh, the anniversary of our son's death. 
When she saw the collection notice that I'd pinned up in the porch, the highest item mentioned was a ten-shilling note. <laughs> she probably didn't notice the difference. <laughs> well, that's what I suggested. She really became quite indignant. Off she went to complain to Colonel Prothero. He was most offensive about it. He insists on going over all the church accounts with me, in case of defalcations. What are they, when they're at home? Well, I think he's accusing me of embezzling church funds. Oh, <laughs> nobody could possibly believe you do a thing like that, darling. You're so transparently above suspicion. It would be a wonderful opportunity. It's quite an idea I could do with a new hand. When's he coming, anyway? Tomorrow evening. Mm. Have you got a vicarage tea this afternoon? Oh, I most certainly have. Who's coming? Mrs Price Ridley. Oh, what? Oh. And Miss Weatherby and Miss Marple, all the old biddies. I rather like Miss Marple. She has at least a sense of humour. Oh, she is the biggest nosy parker in the village. She knows every single thing that goes on. I've seen her with a pair of binoculars. She pretends she's watching birds. And I've asked Mrs Lestrange to come, though I know she won't, of course. Oh, that's the woman who's taken Little Gates? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's something very mysterious about her arriving down here and hardly ever going outside the house. She's like something out of a detective story. Who was she, the mysterious woman with the pale, beautiful face? <laughs> the only person she ever sees is Dr Haydock. It all sounds perfectly grisly. <laughs> I hope you're not expecting me to help out with your tea. Well, yes, I was rather, Dennis. Well, I'm afraid I shall have to disappoint you. I've been invited up to the old hall for a game of tennis with lettuce. Oh, beast. The path through the woods, from the vicarage to the old hall goes past my cottage window, and one really cannot help noticing all the comings and goings. Lettuce Prothero, for instance. She's the colonel's daughter, by his first marriage, of course, and strictly between ourselves, she's rather a little minx. Oh, sorry. No. I didn't expect to find you here, Vicar. <laughs> if you come to a vicarage, you should be prepared to find a vicar. I was really looking for Dennis. Oh, he's gone up to see you. He said you'd invited him for tennis. Yes, I did, but that was for Wednesday. Uh, uh, today is Wednesday. Oh, it isn't. Oh, that means I've forgotten to go to lunch with the Wedderburns for the third time. Is uh, Griselda anywhere about? I expect you'll find her in the garden studio. She's sitting to Lawrence Redding. Oh, I didn't realise he was painting her portrait as well. There's been quite a schmozzle about him. Father's cutting up something rotten. Oh, what about? About my portrait. Father's furious because Lawrence is painting me in my bathing dress. If I go on the beach in it, why shouldn't I be painted in it? Um, quite so. It's really absurd. Father forbidding Lawrence the house. I shall have to come here and be down in your studio. Oh, no, my dear, no, not if your father forbids it. I'm in enough trouble as it is. How tiresome everything is. If only I had some money, I'd get away. But father won't let me have a penny. He's so mean. I don't wonder Mother left him. Do you know, for years I believe she was dead. Really? What sort of a young man did she run away with? Was he nice? Well, it was before your father came to live down here. I wonder what's become of her. I expect Anne will have an affair with someone soon. She can't stand him either. And she hates me. Oh, She's no. quite decent, but I know she hates no, no, I'm me. I'm sure she does nothing of the kind. She's getting old and she doesn't like it. That's the age you break out, you know. Good Lord, is that the time? Well, well, no, not exactly. You see that clock I told is... Dr Stone I'd take a look at his barrow at three o'clock. His barrow? Didn't you know about that? 
He's a famous archaeologist. He's excavating the old barrow on Whitston Hill. Oh. It's on father's property, actually, and they've already had rows about it. Oh, he's the man staying at the inn? With Miss Cram. He says she's his secretary, but I don't believe a word of it. Let us. Anyway, I must be off. Oh, you're not coming to Griselda's vicarage tea, then? No, thanks. You wouldn't catch me dead with that coven of scandal-mongering old crones. No nice girl would do it, that's for sure. Do what, Miss Weatherby? Be a private secretary to an unmarried man. Oh, oh, my dear, I think married ones are much the worst. Remember poor Molly Carter. Tea, Mrs. Price Ridley? Oh, thank you. Married men living apart from their wives are, of course, notorious. And even some of the ones living with their wives. I remember that extraordinary couple who... Good afternoon, afternoon. We were talking about Dr Stone and Miss Cram. Their rooms are on the same floor, you know. The man must be at least 25 years older than she is. Don't you think that Miss Cram may just like having an interesting job and that she considers Dr Stone just as an employer? My dear, you are so very young. The young have such innocent minds. (laughs) I don't think I've got anything of the kind. Do you really think she would want to have an affair with that dull, bald-headed man? I understand Dr Stone is quite well off. Rather a violent temper, I'm afraid. He had the most frightful row with Colonel Prothero the other day. Do tell us, what was it about? They were shouting so loud I couldn't help overhearing them. It was about the excavation. The colonel was insisting that Dr Stone hadn't even the faintest idea how long barrows were constructed. More tea, Miss Marple? Mm. Oh, thank you. There's been some fuss about that young man Lawrence Redding, hasn't there? It appears that he was painting lettuce in her bathing dress. Colonel Prothero turned him out of the house. Poor lettuce. That's what comes of not having a mother around. A stepmother's never quite the same thing. She seems scarcely older than lettuce. Mr. Redding is painting me, too. But not in your bathing dress, surely. (laughs) Yeah, might be much worse. (coughs) Oh, I quite forgot to tell you. I knew I had some news for you. I saw Dr. Haydock coming out of that house where Mrs. Lestrange lives. She might have been ill, Miss Weatherby. Oh, she was perfectly all right earlier this afternoon. She and Dr. Haydock must be very old acquaintances. He's very quiet about it. As a matter of fact, I happen to know that her husband was a missionary. Really? Mm. He was eaten, you know. (gasps) Actually eaten. Uh, And then she was forced to become the chief's head wife. Naughty girl. If you make up these things, people are quite likely to believe them. And sometimes that leads to complications. If there is anything between Reading and Lettuce Prothero, it certainly looks like it. What do you think, Miss Marple? I shouldn't have said so myself. Quite another person, I should have said. Miss Marple, Mm -hmm. don't you think that we're all much too inclined to let our tongues run away with us? Charity thinketh no evil, you know. Now, inestimable harm may be done by foolish wagging of tongues in ill-natured gossip. Oh, dear vicar, you are so unworldly. I'm afraid that after observing human nature for as long as I have done, one gets not to expect much from it. I dare say that idle tittle-tattle is very wrong and unkind, but it is so often true, is it not? 
Do you really think I'm having an affair with Lawrence Redding? <laughs> of course not. But you thought Miss Marple was hinting at it, and you rose to my defence like an angry tiger. Oh, I'm not so sure that clergymen of the Church of England are supposed to behave like angry tigers. <laughs> I felt that the occasion could not pass without a protest. But I do wish you'd be a little more careful in what you say, Griselda. Because I suggested that he might be painting me in the nude. Oh, dear. Well, if only they knew I'm wearing a thick coat with a very high collar, it couldn't be more innocent. Hmm. Lawrence never attempts to make love to me. Oh, surely you don't want him to. Oh, well, no. If he's supposed to be in love with Letta's brother, oh. Miss Marple didn't seem to think he was. Miss Marple may be mistaken. She never is. The trouble about her is that she is always right. You do believe me, don't you, Leonard? I mean mm. that there's nothing between Lawrence and me. My dear Griselda, of course. Oh. <laughs> I wish you weren't so terribly easy to deceive. Yeah. You'd believe anything I said. Well, so I should hope. <laughs> but I must be off. I promised the Dorcas group that I'd take a look at the flower arrangement they made in the church. Excuse me. I didn't realise there was anyone here. I didn't mean to disturb you, Mrs. Lestrange. You've a perfectly good right to be here, Vicar. It's your church, after all. Is there anything I can do? Can I help you in any way? No, Vicar, you can't. I was just giving way to a moment of weakness, that's all. Actually, I came to take a look around the church while there was no one here. The screen is really quite wonderful. Yes, yes, it's very unusual, you know, to find one in this part of the world where the painted figures have survived. Who's the man in the red hat with the lion peeping out from under his cloak? St. Jerome, I believe. Ah. The lady next to him with the dragon is said to be St. Elizabeth. There's such a feeling of peace in this place. Are you certain there's nothing I can do? No, there's nothing. I mean, I don't think anyone can help me, but thank you for offering to do so. No. One gets so lost sometimes, living alone. Now, why don't you take my wife up on her invitation to come along to the vicarage one afternoon? Griselda has regular get-togethers, you know. And there are various women's groups. Uh, now, you need never feel lonely in St. Mary Mead. You're very kind, but I don't think that would be my kind of thing. Now, you mustn't be concerned about me, really. I am used to solving my problems in my own way. Goodbye. The vicar is back early this evening, and he's going over to the garden studio. Not very advisable, I'm afraid. I think he may be in for a most unpleasant surprise. My darling, my dearest love. Lawrence. Oh, I must lock the door. Anyone could come in. What do I care? Let anyone come. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, do forgive me, I... I'm so sorry. Oh. Mrs. Prothero's here. She uh, says she must speak to you. Oh, um, yes, uh, sure, Mary. You can go in, madam. Thank you. <clears throat> I thought it best to come and see you straight away. 
It was you that looked into the studio just now? Uh, yes, yes, it was. Lawrence and I... You see, we love each other. Hmm. I suppose to you that seems very wrong. <laughs> you, uh, you can hardly expect me to say anything else. No, I suppose not. You are a married woman, Mrs. Prothero. Do you think that I haven't gone over all that? Are you going to tell my husband? There seems to be a general idea that a clergyman is incapable of behaving like a gentleman. That is not so. You can't possibly know what things are like. Life with Lucius is hell. It has been right from the start. No woman could be happy with him. I wish he were dead. Oh, Mrs. Prothero. I know it's terrible, but I do. I don't know what I'm going to do. If only I could get away. No, it, it is a very serious step to leave your husband and your home. I'm sure you realise that. You're seeing Lawrence later this evening, I believe. Am I? Oh, yes. oh, good Lord, yes, yes, of course. He's coming round to dinner, isn't he? He'll want to talk to you, I know. I hope he will. I'm not likely to do anything foolish. Things haven't gone as far as you might think. I'm very relieved to hear it. Lawrence is very young. Try to understand. And please treat him kindly. I beg you. The vicarage port isn't up to much, I'm afraid. However, it's the best I can do. You're very kind, Mr. Clement. Thank you. That's all. I've no idea what we're going to do. If I had the money, I'd take her away with me and damn the consequences. But I don't know whether Anne could bring herself to do that anyway. Oh, I sincerely hope she wouldn't be so irresponsible. If this were a private fantasy, the old man would conveniently die. Good riddance to him. Mr. Redding, I do hope that you don't mean what you're saying. Oh, I don't mean that I'm going to stick him in the back with a knife. But there's not a soul who's got a good word to say for him. You can have no idea what Anne has had to put up with. What do you think I should do? I think you should leave St. Mary Mead at once. By remaining here, you will only bring greater unhappiness on to Mrs. Prothero. People will talk. The news must inevitably reach the Colonel's ears. You can imagine the frightful situation that that will place her in. But you're the only person who knows anything about it. Well, you know, you evidently have a very limited notion of village life. In St Mary Mead, everyone knows everyone else's intimate affairs. There's no detective in England equal to a spinster lady of uncertain age, with plenty of time on her hands. Oh, I realise that. But everyone thinks I'm having an affair with lettuce. Has it... Has it occurred to you that it is possible... Lettuce thinks so herself. Lettuce? Oh, she doesn't care for me in the least. You sure of that? Of course. But it's queer. She does seem to have it in for Anne. And yet Anne's always been a perfect angel to her. But all the same, you could have a point. Hmm. It might be best if I were to pack up and go. For a time at least. I don't want to bring any more trouble on Anne. I truly believe that it is the only sensible course. Oh, if we only did what was sensible... But I'll think about it, I promise. You're looking particularly gloomy this morning. Mm. Is something the matter? Mm? No, 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 nothing in particular. You haven't forgotten that I'm going up to London today? Oh, oh yes, I must confess I have. Oh, it's Thursday, remember? Thursday, uh, Something oh. is worrying you. Is it, is it Colonel Prothero? Colonel Prothero? Well, aren't you supposed to be meeting him to talk about the defalcations or whatever it is he calls them? Oh, so I am. Yes, thank you for reminding me. Gone clear out of my head. 
Clement, I say, Clement. Ah, good morning, Colonel. We're supposed to be meeting today, I believe. I have just had the considerable satisfaction of sending a couple of poachers down for six months. Oh. Southern damn well right, huh? Not that six months is anything like what they deserve. I thought I'd got rid of that scoundrel archer for good. For you will say knife the fellows out of jail again, vowing vengeance on me. I'd have given him six years if it had been in my power. Oh, God, God, the God, sentences God. we're allowed to inflict are far too lenient. Uh, you'll agree, I feel sure. Ah, uh, you forget, Colonel, that my calling obliges me to respect one quality above all others, the quality of mercy. Mercy? Of oh, mercy be damned. I hope no one would show me mercy if I didn't deserve it. What the church needs, Clement, is more backbone. A little more of the church militant, if you please. Mm, no. Well, now then, about our meeting this evening. Yes, yes, six o'clock, isn't it? If it's all the same with you, we'll make it 6.15. I've got to see a man in the village about clearing out the ponds. 6.15 will suit me admirably. Good, and be sure to have the accounts ready. I don't want it to take all night. Two five one. Is that the vicarage? Yes, it is. It's about Mr. Abbott of North Farm. I think he's dying. Oh. Can you come? Yes, yes, of course. I'll come straight away. Lower Farm, you said? That's right. Please, hurry. Mary? Mary? Yes? Oh. What is it? Ah, uh, Mary, I've got to go to Lower Farm. It's an emergency. It's too late to ring Colonel Prothero. He'll already have left. Would you tell him that I've been called away and ask him to wait? I'll be back as soon as I can. Clement! Clement! Thank God you're back. Oh, Lawrence. There's work for you here, Clement. I'm sorry. Did you want a word? I was called away. I do have to see Prothero about the church accounts, but that shouldn't take very long. Prothero? Oh, yes. Yes, you'll see Prothero, all right. He won't take up much of your time. What's <laughs> the matter with you, man? What is it? I've got to get away from here. Hmm? I've got to go somewhere I can think. Mary? Oh, Mary. I'm back. Is Colonel Prothero here? He's in the study. Been here since a quarter past six. Oh. Mr. Redding, why was he leaving in such a hurry? I don't know. He came a few minutes ago. I told him you'd be back any minute and that Colonel Prothero was waiting in the study. <laughs> he said he'd wait too. Well, he can't have waited long. I've just seen him outside. Well, I didn't see him leave. He can't have stayed more than a couple of minutes. Mrs. Clement isn't back yet. No, oh, thank you, Mary. I'd better not keep the Colonel waiting any longer. I'm sorry to have been so long, Colonel Prothero. I... Prothero? Oh, my God! Mary! Mary! What is it? Go and get Dr. Haydock straight away. Run as fast as you can. Tell him there's been an accident. He's dead, right enough. Been dead half an hour, I should say. Suicide? Quite out of the question. Look at the position of the wound. Besides, if he shot himself, where's the gun? You mean to say it's murder? It certainly looks like it. What else could it be? Most extraordinary business. There's, there's one rather curious thing. I was telephoned a while ago to say that old Abbott was dying and would I go out to Lower Farm straight away? Well, when I got there, I found that he was as right as rain, and his wife flatly denied calling me at all. 
It sounds as if someone wanted to get you out of the way. I'd better ring up the police. Don't touch a thing. Everything's been messed up and pulled about, I suppose? You should know me better than that, Inspector Slack. Everything is exactly as we found it. Uh, somebody knocked the clock over. It must have stopped. Give us the time of the crime. Oh, no. 22 minutes past six. Yes, but you see, that clock what is all... What time do you reckon death occurred, Doctor? About half an hour before I got here. And the body was discovered at ten to seven. It almost brings it to the identical second. Yes, but, Inspector, you see, that clock if is If you'll 15... excuse me, Vicar, I'll ask you any questions I want to know. What I need now is absolute silence. Yes, but the clock uh, is accurate. Absolute silence. Now, then, what was the Colonel doing sitting at your desk? Did he want to write a note? Yes, by George, he did. 6.20, dear Clement, sorry I can't wait any longer, but I must... And it just tails off. Plain as a pike stuff. He sits down here to write this. His killer comes in through the open window and shoots him. What more is there to say? Well, I do think you ought to know... I'd be obliged if you two gentlemen would clear out of here. I need to make a detailed examination of the room. Right now. Inspector, we keep the clock. There'll be time for you to say whatever you have to say tomorrow. And you mean to say that you didn't tell him that the clock in your study is always kept a quarter of an hour he fast? He absolutely refused to let me say a word. But when that clock said twenty past six, it was really only five past, and I doubt whether Colonel Prother had even arrived by then. It's quite a mystery, isn't it? How's Mrs Prothero taking it? Well, she was very quiet. Really very quiet indeed. It was rather strange. Well, that's the shock, of course. It wasn't like that somehow. She didn't seem as much shocked as terrified. Terrified? Yes. Trying not to show it. There was a queer, watchful look in her eyes. I wonder if she has a sort of idea who killed him. Would you believe it? The police have arrested Lawrence Redding. What? 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 It must be some stupid mistake. Doesn't look like it. Lawrence went to the station and gave himself up. Last thing last night. Threw the pistol down on the desk and said, I did it. Just like that. I'm going to go and see Lettuce. (sighs) Lawrence must be mad. Absolutely mad. What earthly reason could he have for killing Colonel Prothero? They did have a quarrel, remember? Oh, about letters and her bathing dress. That's no reason for him to kill her father. Well, when I met him at the gate yesterday evening, he looked as if he'd gone out of his mind. And there's the clock. He must have put it back to 6.20 with the idea of making an alibi for himself. That doesn't sound like the action of a murderer. Lawrence knew about the clock being kept fast. Don't you remember? He once joked about keeping the vicar up to time. Well, he must simply have forgotten about it. No. If if you were committing a murder, you'd be awfully careful about a thing like that. I hope I'm not intruding, but the door was open, oh. and in the circumstances... Yes, do come in, Miss Marple. Oh, oh thank you. Do take a seat. Oh, thank you. Oh, poor Colonel Prothero... Not a very pleasant man, perhaps, but nonetheless it is a terrible thing to happen. And actually shot in your study, I understand. That is the case, yes. Hmm. I suppose everyone has their idea of who it is that has committed the crime, and each suspects that it's somebody different. I, for instance, am quite convinced I know who did it, but I must admit I haven't a shadow of proof. One must, I know, be very careful of what one says at a time like this. Criminal libel, don't they call it? Mm. I had made up my mind to be most careful with Inspector Slack. He sent word that he would come and see me this morning. 
but now he has just phoned up to say it won't be necessary after all. I suppose he thinks there would be no point after the arrest. The arrest? I didn't know that there had been an arrest. Oh, yes. No, hadn't you heard? The police have arrested Lawrence Redding. Lawrence Redding? Now, I should not have thought. I just can't believe it, even though he has confessed. He has confessed? Oh, dear. I have been sadly at sea. Yes, sadly at sea. I can't help feeling it must be some kind of accident. I mean, why else should he come forward to give himself up? He gave himself up? Yes. Oh, I am so glad. So very glad. Mm, it shows a true state of remorse, I suppose. Remorse? Oh, but surely, dear Vicar, you don't think he is guilty? I cannot see why Lawrence Redding should confess to the murder if he hasn't committed it. But surely that proves it, does it not? I mean that he had nothing to do with it. Mr Redding cannot possibly have committed the murder. In episode one of Murder at the Vicarage by Agatha Christie, Miss Marple was played by June Whitfield and the Reverend Leonard Clement by Francis Matthews. Griselda Clement, Imelda Staunton, Dennis, Nicholas Bolton, Dr Haydock, Nigel Davenport. Lettuce Prothero, Rachel Atkins, Anne Prothero, Francis Jeter, Colonel Prothero, James Green. Mrs Lestrange, Jilly Mears, Mrs Price Ridley, Margot Boyd, Miss Weatherby, Joan Matheson, Lawrence Redding, James Telfer. Inspector Slack, John Baddeley, and Mary, Alice Arnold. Murder at the Vicarage was dramatised for radio by Michael Bakewell and directed by Enid Williams. Mystery Radio presentation. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to like and rate this podcast on your favorite app. Also, there's a Nostalgic Mystery Radio YouTube page for your perusal to subscribe to. You can contact me by emailing me at nostalgicmysteryradio at gmail.com. I hope you have a blessed day or evening. And again, thank you for listening. <laughs>